So I've been doing some digging, doing some research um, in okay. the absolute trenches. I mean, the fucking gutter, bottom of the barrel, scum sucking Internet denizens. And I found a new kind of guy. It's a terrifying kind of guy. Okay. <laughs> it is the crossover between Kodak Black Stands and Crypto Bros. And there is an entire community of these people. And the worst part is it's not like centralized or localized in any way other than they all reply to Kodak Black's tweets about what crypto to invest in, asking him to invest, <laughs> telling other people how to invest. There was one guy who was like, yeah, have your manager look <clears throat> at this. And it was like a link to some like sketchy website that was supposedly uh, to buy some crypto. And it's like, what does a day in the life of that human being look like? Like what possesses somebody to wake up and tweet coding dreaming by and tagging him by at Kodak black. One K is the perfect song for crypto. Like what kind of specific like scrambled egg brains do you have to have to wake up and, and hit send on a tweet? Like, okay, see, I'm going to, I'm going to counter this opinion here. I feel like with the, like crypto bros already have scrambled egg brains. <laughs> so I feel like Kodak Black's music is actually pretty good music for crypto trading and mining. Like the the vibes are the same. You know, I was going to say I actually like some of his music, but then I remembered I also have a scrambled egg brain. So exactly. I, I need you to give me more details on this, though. Like what how how many of these people are there? Because there's no way the overlap, the Venn diagram, there's no way the area in the middle is that big. This has to be like six guys. I don't know. I've seen. All right. So let's see. Uh, I literally just searched Kodak Black Crypto and on most of his tweets. <laughs> so let's see. I got one, two, three. I'm seeing a lot of rappers being tagged. Um, this guy tagged Juicy J, Kodak Black, Currency, Action Bronson, Drake, and DJ Khaled. Who the fuck cares what currency thinks nowadays? <laughs> that makes me think of the Dave Chappelle Ja Rule bit. Where he's yeah. like, <laughs> like, why do I care what Ja Rule has to say? Yeah, I'm seeing a couple. Uh, they're also tagging Soldier Boy and replying to Soldier Boy. Uh, but no, I mean, literally just scrolling through this, there are at least 15 different people um, who are all replying to Kodak or tagging Kodak talking about crypto. Why do I feel like these are the whitest like hype bros <laughs> just trying to get oh, they yeah, are. yeah, they are. <laughs> well, we already know our listeners like content made by stupid white people, so <laughs> so, so maybe they'll get in enjoy touch it. with these guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we should start our own cryptocurrency. Yeah, no, let's not. <laughs> Here's a better idea. Instead of doing cryptocurrency, we do a podcast. <laughs> Uh, Good morning, Sunday morning, and welcome to the show. <laughs> <laughs> Good morning, Sunday morning. Good morning, Sunday morning, everybody, and welcome back to the Sunday morning podcast. This is episode 15. And we have a few less people today, but with me, as always, we have Zach. What's up? And we got Tom. Hey. How you doing today, fellas? It's It's been a long week. Yeah, long week. <laughs> I 
I totaled my car. I went on the weirdest fucking date possible last night. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're. I'm I'm gonna have I'm gonna have you tell the people about the about that date later in the episode. But. I'm surprised you didn't have to sign an NDA for that. <laughs> I kind of wish I did because I really don't want to talk about it. <laughs> what are the odds that she's ever gonna hear it? I don't know, man. Did you tell her about it? Please tell me you did not tell a girl that you hooked up with about our podcast. <laughs> I tell every girl I hook up with about our podcast. <laughs> I fucking hate you, man. I fucking hate you. That's why we have so many listeners. All right. <laughs> oh, no. That's why all of our listeners ages 34 to 45 are women. Yeah, it's it's Hot Boy Summer is uh, talking to MILFs only. Let's go, baby. I'm responsible for a 35 to 40 audience segment um because i totally didn't didn't just move back to a college town <laughs> i'm responsible for the, for the all male 60 plus uh section we've got going <laughs> no but yeah Anyways. This, this week has just been psychic damage on all sides for me i'm hanging by a thread this podcast is the only thing keeping me going i'm sorry yeah that's that's a bad <laughs> place to be in yeah really <laughs> yeah yeah it's okay we we're gonna have some laughs today I'll have to rehash my my horrible, horrible experience from last night at some point. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know what they say? A podcast is a type of therapy. So nobody says that pretty good because Uh, I Tom, shut the fuck up. (laughs) One of my doctors keeps saying that, hey, you should get back to therapy. And I think I'm going to start just listing Alex as my therapist. (laughs) (laughs) That's a terrible idea. (laughs) <laughs> I already listed you as my uh, supervisor. <laughs> yeah, at Sunday Morning Media LLC. <laughs> yep. On a fucking job application. God damn it. <laughs> they never called me. Yeah, I didn't get the job. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> Before we jump into it, I just have one real quick housekeeping item. Uh, y'all know we have a Twitch. Twitch.tv slash Sunday Morning Pod. Go and follow us and turn those notifications on because we don't know when exactly we're going to be able to get it started, but we want to start doing some uh, weekly streams on there. Just all of us hopping on a live stream and shooting the shit with you guys. So go follow us. Get ready for that. We're going to become hot tub streamers. Yeah. Yes. I'll wear a bikini. I don't give a fuck. I won't wear a (laughs) bikini, but I will straddle like an inflatable duck <laughs> like one of those big things the big floaties very I'll seductively straddle tom yeah <laughs> that's where we'll really get it'll the money be all coming five in. of us it'll be all <laughs> five of us in like the shittiest little inflatable indoor hot tub we can find we'll take it to vegas with us that's where we'll do yeah. our first stream is in a in a hotel in vegas in an inflatable pool in our hotel room <laughs> i do like the implication that that you know we're in vegas at that point and there's probably like a pool and a hot tub somewhere else <laughs> yeah, <laughs> in no. the facility. <laughs> no pool in the room, filling it up with cups of water from the uh, <laughs> from the water dispenser the down hallway the hallway of water. Next to the, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So make sure to turn those notifications on <laughs> for sure. So what did we want to talk about first, fellas? I think we should bite the bullet and do kink at pride discourse (sighs) 
All right. It's okay. It's, you know, uh, I, I send the picture a lot, but you know, it's, I am not interested in having discourse. I am right there. Like this to me, it's like not even discourse. It's just one side is wrong and they're acting like fucking feds. I mean the, the whole, the whole discourse, you know, if any of our any of our listeners who are in the LGBTQ community are surely familiar with this, but you know, for the for the the straights out there, you know, every goddamn year, May, you know, 15th or so, about a couple months before Pride Month starts, people start talking about the fa- how Pride needs to be a family event and like how they don't want to see people wearing like leather harnesses or like people in skimpy clothing or whatever the fuck. Um, and it always starts a huge discourse because some people disagree and some people agree with that premise. This shit drives me crazy because like yeah. the, the whole point is is inclusivity. And if there are people who are going to be there who are uncomfortable by it, then together as the entire LGBTQ community, we should work to ensure that there's a space for those people as well who might not want to be around that. But it's not like people are going mm-hmm. to be fucking in the streets. It's like people are dressing in kink and, and people are going nude. And I I mean, that's what pride is about. Like, like pride is people about. People aren't even going nude that often. No, they're not. You hardly ever see nudity. No, I saw, I went to New York pride in 2018 and I think I saw one topless woman and that was it. Yeah. And it's just like, it's so crazy to try and, and sanitize this. Like, like you're just doing the homophobes job for them. Is like no kink at pride discourse. Is that coming from members of the LGBTQ community or is it coming from like straight people who want to go to most notably Vosh? Okay. It's both. It's, um, (laughs) and you can tell the difference between the two because the, the discourse coming from outside the community is a lot of, it's a lot of like, Oh, think, you know, think of the children and modesty and stuff. And it's, it's very obvious just from the subtext of what these people are saying that it's rooted in homophobia or rooted in, you know, um, moralizing. But yeah. then there's a bunch that comes from within the community, especially young, uh, you know, young queer people who don't really have the uh, knowledge, I guess, to understand mm. why uh, kink is allowed at Pride. Yeah. Um, it's it's super interesting, though, that it's not just like, you know, old white men going like, it's coming from both sides. Yeah. Wow. Alex trying to both sides an argument. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, it, as to what you said about it being younger members of that community, I just feel like in the broader Zoomer politically minded section of our generation, there's like a weird undercure, uh, undercurrent of like weird Puritanism about sex and yeah i think what a lot of it is is like for so long people grew up and were propagandized into becoming right-wing reactionaries and instead you know capitalism having repeatedly failed people people are still reactionary and they still hold on to that like core idea of I, i mean like look at how popular like trad shit has become in like leftist circles is it's like they still hold on to that like 
um, conservatism and that like social aspect of conservatism, but they've just become reactionaries in the opposite direction of the our generation or or the generation before them. Interesting. So you're saying like now that leftism or you know leftist ideologies are becoming more popular, the reactionary, the way to be reactionary is not to be. Um, or not to be a leftist. It's now to be a like a trad guy. No, no, no. It's it's no. I mean, it's becoming. It's to it's still to be a leftist, but you have a lot of people who still hold on to that like trad like ideology, aesthetic, like whatever you want to call it. That that core value that they yeah, center okay, things yeah, around, yeah, yeah. and it's like that part is still very much. I mean socialized into i mean it's it's part of just the social fabric of the united states um sure 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 and Mm -hmm. you know and it's like you see these kids like becoming left-wing reactionaries and it's like you even see it with um like like youtubers like this is a perfect example it's like like shoe shoe was like a right-wing reactionary for a super long time and then it became like kind of cool that's that's shoe on head right yeah shoe on head yeah and then it like yeah. became cool to be left wing and it was like she still held on to all of that like like traditional like conservative bullshit and she really showed her ass with it this week in the kink it pride discourse she literally said i'm not saying that they're pedophiles i'm saying they're useful idiot or they're idiots who are useful to pedophiles well, isn't isn't that like a big for years? I mean, especially before gay rights came to the forefront, you know, in the last decade or so. But wasn't like, oh, all gay people are pedophiles. Wasn't that like a huge yes. homophobic mm-hmm. boogeyman type argument for a long time? Absolutely. Pedophiles and murderers. You know, there was a there's a trope in like law that, you know, lesbians are uh, like man killers that has been used to like convict people. It was a really good book that I've been uh, sorry to sidebar this, but I've been reading a really good book called Queer Injustice, and it's literally about how the those those tropes are used to affect um, legal proceedings and you know just people's lives. Yeah, I mean I'm outside of the queer community, so really all I've seen about the kink of pride discourse is coming from, you know, as you mentioned, the YouTubers like shoe on head and Fausch who just have the absolute worst takes about it. And then also, as we were talking about earlier, the young online leftist or left adjacent people with all the, you know, anime <laughs> profile pictures <laughs> and everything. Yeah. It, it doesn't seem like it's a good crowd pushing. Yeah. The, uh, you know, I, no uh, kink of pride thing. I said it last night. And I'll say it again, which is Vash doesn't want people. He doesn't want teenagers exposed to kink at pride, but I he don't wants to think, expose himself to teenagers. I was about well, to I, say yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. I didn't want to finish oh, the joke. It was a bad bit. <laughs> no, finish your joke. Uh, Tom. No, no, sure it's it okay. I'll joke. go fuck myself. <laughs> that's for the straight people who shout are against kink at pride. One shout out to straights. <laughs> As the token straight on tonight's episode. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, no, I mean, straight people hate, like, you know, the performance of kink until it's time to play village people at a fucking wedding. (laughs) 
I feel like village people is like straight kink in the way that they picture it at like pride, like a skimpy cowboy, a skimpy police officer. We're all. I I thought the village people were like all gay though. It, it seems like the village people are all like super gay and you know kind of kinky in their presentation, or at least in my okay. case. I feel like when when people say kink at pride, I'm thinking of just like you know skimpy outfits and occasionally some leather, maybe a leash or two. I feel like that's like right, right on par with like village people. Straight people love that shit. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the official uh, take for this week of the pod. Straight people be listening to village people. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever been to a straight wedding and not heard YMCA? No, I haven't. No. <laughs> I mean, fuck it. That was Trump's. Uh, <laughs> his walkout song. Oh my song. god, that unlocked a memory. Yeah, his walkout that was, that song. That was during the era after he got COVID, where he became bisexual for a little bit. Yes. Yeah. yeah the Trump bisexual. <laughs> I was going to kiss all of the men and all of the women. <laughs> I would love to hear Trump's take on the kink at Pride Discord. <laughs> I. I am honest to God willing to bet that he would be cooler with it than a lot of people on the online left. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And absolutely. definitely way cooler with it than Joe Biden. <laughs> yeah. I firmly believe that if I ever met Joe Biden, he would immediately call me a friend of Dorothy. <laughs> just like like the like a slur from the 1930s and just really get him in there. He's like, hey, Jack, sorry, I don't shake hands with fudge packers. You're like, God damn, dude. (laughs) At least use a modern slur. (laughs) Speaking of Joe Biden, I mean, uh, it also seems to me that, you know, especially in the years like, you know, last five, six years, pride has been increemingly co-opted by liberal voices. It has. And that's I I, I won't say straight voices. It's the liberal and the corporate voices, corporate voices. Yeah. Yeah. So that's I I feel like that has just I don't know what pride looked like before, you know, gay rights kind of became mainstream and acceptable and uh, gay acceptance was a mainstream thing in, you know, the places where pride happens. So cities, liberal cities, stuff like that. Um, so, I mean, it's hard to say what it looked like before that. And that's probably what, you know, the root of this issue is, is it used to be some kind of haven for that community. But yeah, when I think of pride, really, all I can think of is the sanitized corporate uh, Raytheon banner. <laughs> type yeah. thing. I'm still and so pissed that none of those ever said Gaytheon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but but, you know, obviously I'm totally going to make that logo tonight. Yeah, please do. Thank you. (laughs) Get another copyright claim against you. (laughs) Yeah, but obviously none of that sanitization was at the hands of the community itself, or at least no, I don't think it was. I mean, some of it kind of is. That's what maybe we're talking about with the, you know, this stuff coming from the call is coming from inside the community here. Yeah. Uh, You know, people are people are saying, oh, we need to. No, not have kink at pride we need to not have kink at pride and they're sanitizing themselves because like tom said they're being these weird neo-puritans and i yeah. also think and a that's lot of something it- i was that's something i was going to bring up uh previously was the people within the community these like young young queer people they just don't have the education in the history of the pride movement. You know, sure they know it's a protest and they know marsha p johnson and they know you know blah 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 but the there's just so little education within the youth today 
like people a lot of people don't know the reason specifically the leather like the leather kink community and uh you know like a lot of bdsm communities are welcome at pride is because those are historically communities that have fought the hardest or have been the greatest allies to the movement so like are you going to look at these people that have literally died for like queer rights and queer liberation shit and say nah you can't be in the big parade you got to go over here like no fuck you fuck off yeah and i think a lot of that comes from kind of like what zach touched on is like so much of pride especially the past five or six years has become this corporate this liberal voice and it like like who wouldn't lose touch with that? Like if, if you're yeah. a young queer person yeah. and your first pride that you go to is sponsored by Wells Fargo and they've got like some guy like riding around on roller skates and a rainbow thong, like looking for red line neighborhoods, like, like <laughs> of course you're going to become like disenfranchised <laughs> with the thing. And like, you're not going to understand it because it's like, why would you like the, the history's yeah. not there. And, and I think that, mm-hmm is a very big part of the issue is that like you said, like people like I, I don't imagine that, you know, a lot of these young queer people understand the history of it and, and why it's so significant. And then you, and I also think a lot of it has to do with the fact, you know, I know we have talked about this a lot outside of the pod, but you know, uh, the fact that we lost like an entire generation of queer people in the AIDS crisis, Mm-hmm. And it's like so in, in much a lot of, of everything was lost, like so much knowledge, like experience, like just oof. in a lot of marginalized communities. That's where you get your knowledge from. You know, you learn this is why we do pride from, you know, some guy named Jack who's 50 years old and has been out for 30 years. And, you know, you meet him at a bar. Yeah. You know, and in a lot yeah. of communities. It's that or it's your friend's grandma, you know, or it's the old guy who sits on the porch every day and yells shit at the young kids. That's where your knowledge transfer comes from. And the gay community lost all those people. Mm -hmm. So you end up with a bunch of dipshits who don't know anything about pride. Yeah. I I just know about pride. (laughs) I mean, in most cases, when we talk about things like generational trauma, we think of that passed down through like, you know, ethnic communities um, and generational knowledge as a result of generational trauma is what I meant. But Mm -hmm. I I think the same could be said for the gay queer community, that there is, you know, generational trauma that leads to an understanding or should have led to an understanding within that community. But like you said, there is no generation above or at least no, you know, boomer Gen X generation because of the AIDS crisis and all the violence in that period to have actually done that. I mean, I don't want to like maybe overstate it. And I I know this isn't my place, but it does seem in some respects that the AIDS crisis was a kind of genocide against the gay community. When you lose that, you it's hard to come back from that and re-solidify a community. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, people who are members of other communities, like, for example, um, you know, black or other minority queer people, mm-hmm. you know, kind of can have a better understanding because, you know, some of the 
some of the generational trauma that the black community goes through is applicable in the same way to, you know, gay issues. Understanding the reasons behind the protests of today is, yeah. a, you know, just for example. But a lot of these I think a lot of these young people are white. I think a lot of the people who yeah. are talking about, you know, oh, we need to sanitize pride. I think they're white. Yeah. Yeah. And just do not have those just any of that generational knowledge, generational trauma to draw on. Because your dad works at fucking, you know, Exxon Mobil. We're also in a period where in most places, if you've got like a gay son or a lesbian daughter or, you know, a trans kid. Gay son it's or not like a daughter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like it, it's not something you have to hide anymore. You know, it's not like some family shame. Mm -hmm. And I say, I, I mean, obviously that is still the case in a lot of places, but compared to the world and like the social realities that previous generations of the queer community grew up in. Yeah. 30, like, 40 yeah. years ago, even 20 years ago, I would say. Sure. I mean, yeah. What's next on the list? Uh, Texas abortion bill, Texas stripping laws, and our good friend, uh, Eve Fartlow from Twitter. <laughs> God, I am so sick uh, of fucking seeing her. Um, I'll be honest. I am not excited to talk about her at all tonight. All right. You want to talk about that stripping law then? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So uh, for everybody who doesn't know, um, I guess it was yesterday, maybe two days ago. Uh, Greg Abbott. I think it was two days. Yeah. Greg Abbott, the governor of Texas, signed a bill uh, into law effective immediately that banned um, anyone, anyone under the age of 21 from stripping. And Obviously, this is just like an underhanded tactic and a way to force young people um, to go to work for shitty companies like fucking Burger King and McDonald's who refuse to pay a living wage after being forced out of these positions where like they make good money and have stable income. And it's all under I, I don't even know what the the guise is for it, but it's like I mean, it's just more conservative bullshit wanting to police women's bodies and and they they love it because this is also it's an economic benefit to them well the guys is the guys is genuinely a good cause and you know the what what i'm assuming the guys is anyways is keeping young people especially young women um out of the out of sex work because you know, we talked about this with uh, Raleigh in episode 13. Mm -hmm. Good episode. Go listen to it, everybody. Sex work is work. Sex work is good. And it's a great thing to get into if you are, you know, of age and are ready to be doing that kind of stuff. Young people in sex work, there's usually coercion of some sort or problems or something that needs to be addressed to help people get out of that. Now, you know. I assume it was 18 before was the yeah the age. Yeah. Now that that is not necessarily necessary. If you're 18, you're an adult and you can make your own damn choices and you can yep. do whatever kind of work makes you happy. Yep. Well, so yeah. like at that point, it's just it's just Puritanism. It's just restricting the bodies of usually women of color, like fucking always. Can't leave women alone. Can't leave women of color alone. Well, yeah, and even bigger picture, it's it's just another way to criminalize some, you know, one of the last opportunities that 
people who are young and who are not in the best economic situations uh, have to make some money and support themselves. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's just the same way we criminalize any other upward social mobility through making it a vice market or making it some kind of black market or illicit trade. And I mean, that's, that's functionally Mm -hmm. what this has done. I mean, you know, of all these things, sex work is probably regulated the most harshly. And this just, uh, this narrows the field. This narrows the terms that we're working under. I mean, yeah, there's probably, I mean, it's Texas, it's a Republican Christian government. It's, you know, the social aspect of it, but I'm not sure if the people who are proponents of this or who really wanted to get it slammed through besides, you know, the people who drafted the legislation and wanted to work on it. I don't think they considered the the class aspect of that. I mean, I think a lot of people are working under the they assumption. Never do. Yeah, no, they never do. I think they're working under the assumption that, like you said, that this is good because it protects young people from sex work. And there's weird conceptions about young women having autonomy over their own bodies and choices. Yeah. But no, it's just it's it's another criminalization of labor outside of what we typically expect from people. The shitty thing is the the amount of the amount of leeway, the amount of leeway you have in um legislation like this is just massive because your legislative goal should be we should figure out why a 14 year old would want to be engaging in sex work or someone underage would want to be engaging in sex work and take steps to address uh whatever is causing that and you know that is that should be your moral or like um optimal goal well and then these christians and republicans take that and extrapolate it out to nobody under 21 should be doing sex work nobody should be doing sex work unless they're doing it uh at this specific spot nobody should do it unless they've got a license from the state and they put all these restrictions on legal adults who are you know making their own autonomous choices under the guise of protecting young women like tom was saying just another excuse to infringe on women's bodily autonomy under the guise of protecting them. They did the exact same thing, um, you know, pretending to be, you know, under the guise of protection um, and protecting people and their lives, which was they signed the heartbeat bill uh, into law, which is the most restrictive uh, abortion measure like in the country. Uh, It is it makes it uh as early as six weeks it makes it illegal to get an abortion um jesus christ do you even know you're pregnant at six weeks you don't i mean the only way would be if you timed it right to where you you missed a period and you were curious enough about that to question it and even then i think the you can't be 100 percent certain on a pregnancy test I could be wrong. I, the hormones might show up earlier than that, but I'm pretty sure you can't be 100% certain that early. Is this one of the things that they're just trying to uh, take to the Supreme Court now, now that there's a conservative majority? I believe so. Um, okay. oh, also, just for reference uh, for our audience, if you might not know a lot about uh, abortion, um, generally you can get abortions, I believe, up to 24 weeks. Um, into your second, like up to your second trimester, you can't get them in the third, uh, with the exception of like, like medical emergencies, uh, and things like that. But, um, 
that is for the most part um, the window that you are able to get an abortion up to, and Texas has cut that down to six. Yeah, what I was going for was uh, Missouri. um, I'm from St. Louis, as I've said a bunch of times. Missouri did a similar bill a few, what was a couple months back, I think, a few months. I don't know, sometime during the pandemic. But essentially, it did the same sort of thing, and it criminalized it, and it cut down on abortion facilities, and it did this and did that, and it was horrifically restrictive. I'm never able to tell whether they're doing that because they legitimately believe in these things or because they want to take it to the Supreme Court. Like, I've never been able to tell if they're going overboard because they want to challenge Roe v. Wade or if they're legitimately just this evil. Well, it's de- it's definitely got to be both. <laughs> it's yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, that's fair. You, you know, can do both. Yeah, these you know, the things that they are imposing through these laws are definitely what they would like to see happen. They, they, you know, I mean, I think if they could, they would go further. I mean, these are the type of sure. people that want to see, you know, like abortion clinic workers like put to death and all of that. And women who get abortions stoned and all that. I mean, real draconian shit. But at the same time, I think they also have the self-awareness to realize that they can't take it as far as they want it to. I think they're really looking for a legislative sweet spot where it has, um, you know, it's just far enough to go to the Supreme Court where they won't turn it away. Because I, I think the Supreme Court turns down abortion stuff all the time just because it's so similar to things they've ruled on in the past. So I think that's why in the last couple of years, yeah, you know, last two, three years, I think in the South, there was a wave of really restrictive abortion legislation. Um, and now we're seeing in Texas and like you said, in uh, Missouri, I think they're pushing the envelope mostly because they want to create a case that's unique. And especially now that we have like Amy Coney Barrett and Kavanaugh and all that. I mean, I like beer. I like beer. Sometimes I may have too much beer. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's I, I think we're in a very unique spot for the anti-abortion advocates, anti-choice mm-hmm. advocates, because there is a brief window where at least right now two of the Supreme Court justices are just batshit insane enough to be like, yeah, fucking yeah. abortion's illegal now. Good thing Scalia's dead though. Yeah. Rest in piss, you old bastard. Rest in piss. <laughs>
qualified, I guess, to talk on it, mostly because we are all five of us, you know, white American men. Um, and we do think it's important. We think it's important to talk about, but our opinions are not really the ones that matter right now. Our voices are not really the ones that matter. We do want to say, however, that unequivocally, no, no ifs, ands, or buts. We stand with the people of Palestine and their fight against oppression, fight against colonization by Israel. You know, besides that, though, we think that it is most important right now for people to listen to and support the voices of those going through this oppression, though. And we are going to link on the uh, page on our website for this episode. At, uh, this is episode 15, so look for that one. We're going to link some uh, resources and some just general stuff to learn and to donate and to help the Palestinian cause. All right. In news that's a little less serious, a little bit more lighthearted uh, or you know, pretty scary, depending on who you are and how you feel about it. We are headed into the space age, fellas. We are about to learn that the alien mommy dummies are on their way. Didn't we already talk about how the only reason for space exploration is so that we can fuck the aliens? Yeah, yeah that was episode three. But I think I think <laughs> one thing that we're I think one thing that we're neglecting is that maybe aliens also see the only reason for uh, space exploration is to come fuck us. But that's fine. They can breed me. <laughs> fucking <Work>? kink. <laughs> we're about to see all kinds of new kink at pride. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, but getting, getting hissed and booed at because I'm <laughs> holding hands with a gray from, uh, Roswell, New Mexico, <laughs> bringing one of those guys to pride with me. Oh uh, God. <laughs> this is my boyfriend. His name cannot be spoken in any human tongue. <laughs> getting stopped by the TSA because I've got a needler from Halo in my fucking suitcase. <laughs> <laughs> Sir, is that thing licensed? Texas uh, no, doesn't but have to been... be, not anymore. <laughs> Side note, the Needler is absolutely the coolest space gun to ever have been invented. Oh, easily. The Needler is sick as fuck. All the Halo guns. So fucking cool. All the Halo guns are just yeah. masterclass in sci-fi weapons. Um, but yeah, so so I brought up aliens because on June 2nd, I believe, the Senate is about to get its first hearing in history on UFOs. Really? <laughs> and, How'd they yep. do that? How'd they get that through the, the schedule? Well, um, you see, we were actively sending billions of dollars in foreign aid to a country committing apartheid. So they figured they had to distract us with something and loaded up aliens on the congressional docket. Yeah. Oh, okay. Like, so they took the apartheid money and started spending it on aliens, right? No, they're not no, giving they're not any spending, more money. They're not spending right? shit on aliens. No, they're still spending <laughs> yeah. it on apartheid. Don't, don't, don't get it, it mixed up at all. They're absolutely still doing that. Um, but if we have aliens to talk okay, about, then, I just, you know, we I don't just have assumed to... that they would stop doing the apartheid. Yeah. Silly I mean, me. that's like, yeah, that's a reasonable assumption, but this is joe biden's america baby <laughs> that's goddamn right uh no but okay so you guys remember like a couple weeks ago when the pentagon came out and said hey wait the pentagon came out 
Yeah, good for I'm them. I'm so proud of them. Good for them. <laughs> just just in time for pride. <laughs> a little early. Yeah. But no, yeah, yeah. They they came out in the height of this Israel-Palestine situation and said, UFOs are real and we're not sure what they are. And they released more footage. They've been doing this for like a couple years. I'm not entirely Isn't sure. kind of part and parcel? It's an unidentified flying object. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like there, there's two possibilities here. It, the first possibility is that, you know, it's just some drone from like Russia or China or some other, you know, state we have some adversarial relationship with. But what I'm actually hoping for is that this wasn't some kind of like psyop distraction to try and get everyone to stop talking and think about uh, thinking about Israel, Palestine. The second possibility is that these are real aliens in real life on real planet Earth. And that would be so cool. Um, and especially now that the Senate is having its hearing on it on. Sorry, I just pulled it up. Damn, I can't. It's happening next week. It's happening after the episode drops. Um, I don't think it'll happen on Memorial Day. But it'll be next Tuesday. Yep, that's that's I think so. But so in August, Department of Defense uh, established the Unidentified Aerial Phenomena Task Force to try and figure out what they kept seeing as UFOs. And but yeah, like in the last couple of years, they've kept dropping videos about UFOs and like they kind of look weird. And we're about to hear all the secrets or whatever. We're about to hear what they've been hiding from us, which I don't think we're actually going to learn anything. It's probably just going to be like, oh, military exercise. But yeah, no, any thoughts? I've on got a what simpler we're... explanation. Yeah. Yeah. Drop it. Big bird. <laughs> real big bird going real fast. <laughs> Ro Roswell 1949 was just a really big bird. <laughs> Yeah, really big bird. Those little guys, birds. An interesting, an interesting thing that I've uh, can't remember where I heard this, but um, some UFO sightings in like, especially in the I think the eighties. Can't remember when the uh, Blackbird was actually in action, but the SR seventy one Blackbird was like a experimental plane. I think the Navy was doing it. I can't remember, but the fastest uh jet ever created by uh by the american military cool as shit if it wasn't being used for imperialism jet go fast that's cool yeah jet but, go um, exactly a lot of ufo sightings were actually these sr-71 blackbirds because they didn't look like a lot of other planes and they were going so goddamn fast that people couldn't figure out what they were yeah but that was independent reports on ufos you know like this is the military yeah, releasing yeah, yeah, videos course. like hey we got these videos we're not really sure what to do about them you know maybe someone knows what to do about them maybe they're you know there's probably someone high up in the pentagon or the dod or whatever dos that knows that these are probably just you know russian DOS. or chinese department of state oh yeah that knows yeah that that's these a are, thing yeah sorry i'm drunk <laughs> <laughs> same uh but yeah no they probably know that these are some kind of russian or chinese drone um but i mean if russia and china have it we should also have that technology it shouldn't come as a surprise 
which is why I think it's so wild that they're about to have a hearing on this. Like, what are we about to find out? Yeah, I just want it to be something cool. Because, like, all the explanations for everything unknown is like, oh, it was like swamp gas that reflected the light from a solar flare, or it was a <laughs> it was ball weather balloon. <laughs> Ball lightning, yeah. It like it's all this just dumb, boring bullshit. I want it to be like, hey, there's this plane that we never told the American public about, but it exists and it's eight times faster than anything ever created. Like, even if it's just the US military just jacking around, I just want to know that there's something out there that's like cool. Wait, holy shit. Okay, I'm looking further into it. And so Congress is being delivered a report on the UFOs. But but here's here's the uh, here's the lead. The report that will be delivered to Congress in June is the result of a provision in the two point three trillion dollar Corona. Uh, yeah, two point three trillion dollar coronavirus relief and appropriations bill that President Donald Trump signed last year. The stipulation called for a detailed analysis of unidentified aerial from uh, phenomena data and intelligence this was put into the fucking coronavirus relief okay bill. i feel like trump put that in there <laughs> himself i feel like <laughs> trump put that in there personally yeah that was not like a writer like amendment by anybody that was trump no. like scribbled that in the margins yeah no there there isn't a single senator who actually cared about this this has definitely got to be like a trump project Oh, wait, no, no. Okay, here, further in the article, um, uh, Senator Marco Rubio really actually cares about this. <laughs> well, why am I not surprised? <laughs> I am not shocked. Marco Rubio is so fucking weird. It really is. Why is he built like that? Why Why is any Republican congressperson what? built like that? They have really odd-shaped bodies. Yeah. All right, so before we wrap up, uh, any big predictions for what we're going to learn on the aliens and UFO briefing for the Senate? My prediction is that we're going to discover we're going to discover like a cool new life form. And we're going to discover that uh, they all wear little hats. I want That's them to prediction. pull out a little like, you know, a real freaky type of little guy in front of uh, in front of Senate and. <laughs> Okay, you're just, saying uh, like you're saying like they say we've discovered evidence of extraterrestrials and then they pull it out and it's the uh the fucking Howard the alien doing that little dance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, just like a weird type of little alien man. Yeah, no, I just want them to straight up bring the alien to Congress and be like, uh yeah. well now <laughs> we need two more seats in Congress for the Galactic Federation. <laughs> We uh, they like give him one of those like emotional support animal fests, <laughs> like walk him in on a leash. <laughs> this is my emotional support alien. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I just hope they bring out like a real funny looking little green guy. <laughs> OK, you know, what's going to suck is when we find alien life and it's just like shitty microbes. Didn't they already find that on like Mars or think they found that on Mars? I don't know. They found water. Yeah, um, no. I want little green men. Yeah, I, I want I want guys. I want little, <laughs> yeah, little guys. I want guys. I don't want like I don't want animals. I don't want microbes. I want fully formed little alien guys to have representation in Congress. Yeah, nothing with like tentacles or like 
multiple like weird eyes. I just want like a little short guy with like green skin and like those big alien eyes. I want him to be able to do some sick dance moves, like you said. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I remember one of the QAnon things from right before, you know, Biden got sworn in. They were grasping for straws. They were like, Trump is going to reveal that we've been part of the Galactic Federation for years. And only <laughs> only America and Israel have known about it. <laughs> Why the uh, fuck would you let Israel into the Galactic Federation? God. Why would you <laughs> let the United States into the Galactic Federation? <laughs> yeah, really. Um, I think we're going to learn that their pussy game is on X mode. <laughs> X Games mode. God damn it, I can't believe I fucked that up. Lyle, cut it out. Just fucking <laughs> yeah, what the fuck? take me out back What does and that shoot fucking me? mean? <laughs> Walking up to a girl in a bar and asking her if her, her pussy is on X mode. <laughs> she says, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> and slaps me. Oh, God. <laughs> it's not X Games mode, it's X Files mode. <laughs> <laughs> Tom just left the call. Oh, God. Okay, and thank you guys for listening. This has been episode 15 of the Sunday Morning Podcast. As always, I would love to thank our Patreon subscribers. This week we have Hannah, we have Jacob, we have Doink, we have Pallavi, we have Hillary, and Stacia, and Maddie. Um, as always, like I said earlier in the episode, follow us on Twitter at Sunday underscore pod. You can pay us money on Patreon. Join the ranks of the people I just named at patreon.com slash Sunday morning pod. You can find our discord, YouTube, Twitch, etc. All linked on our website at Sunday And if you could go to our Twitch and follow us, turn notifications on all that good shit, you will be able to check out our first stream whenever we do that. We're excited for it. Uh, if you can review us on iTunes and Podchaser, we appreciate those reviews. They help us get discovered. Um, but, uh, review links for both of those can be found on the website as well. And finally, tell people about the podcast. Spread the word. That's all I have for you guys. So good morning, Sunday morning, and we will see you next week. Good morning, Sunday morning.